now no code is cool, but at the time people thought it was so wild and crazy and terrible for me to be building apps without coding. If you go look at my TED talk that I did in 2015, just people are outraged. You got and the people triggered. It took a long time for this to catch on as a thing that like people now think is a normal thing to do. You know, they say women shouldn't be bossy. We're out here reclaiming that word. What's so wrong with being the boss? I'm Tara Reed, the CEO of a multi-million dollar edtech business. And I'm Katie Gaddy Tossan, better known as Money with Katie on the internet. At our core, we're driven by a shared ambition to build our own mini empires. Welcome to Bossy. I've been really thinking about this and kind of workshopping this myself because I think that my mission statement might be too small. Your mission statement my, or absolute code's mission statement? Oh, yeah, you're right. They're not the same thing. Mm. You're right. We've been talking about this. Okay, so apps without code. I think apps without code's mission statement that I originally wrote for the business might be too small. And you wrote this seven years ago. I wrote this seven years ago. Okay. So I could use your feedback on this because I look at companies that I think are cool and they have these jumbo, huge scale mission statements. And so I'm wondering, like, do I need to expand mine? So what I wrote years ago was like we help underdogs break into tech and we explain underdogs as like women people of color people that don't code who you traditionally don't see in technology and so it just feels now like as i've progressed seven years later like it feels a little whack and small <laughs> and like buried in imposter syndrome of the founder that i was then which was like oh i'm doing this like small thing in my own way and i just think how i think about myself is so much bigger now that i think i might need to rework it. I actually love the underdog vibe. Yeah. I think everyone loves an underdog. Yeah. Everyone loves the underdog. So I, I don't actually know that it needs an overhaul. It might just need a little bit of tweaking. Yeah. And I think it could come down to this idea of putting the underdog on top. So mm. rather than like a breaking in, yeah. what piece of it is feeling small to you? The piece that feels small is not the underdog part okay. necessarily. It's the break into tech yeah. piece. It's like you're broken in. Your people, you're 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 already in. Some so. people like not necessarily. I think it's just more like I mean, that like that's you a, are. Oh, I think what it is is that helping people break into tech feels like that's just the tactical thing, but it's so much bigger than that. Is sort of how I'm I feeling see. now, right? It's okay. about like becoming like unstuckable and like not get not getting stuck like you have a goal and like not allowing anything to get in your way and like zigging when everybody else is zagging and like I'm going to find a way to build an app without code like that's just we teach one way of doing that but I think there's this broader thing and when I look at other companies that have these big mission statements sometimes the mission statement has almost nothing to do with the what the company is actually doing and so I'm sort of thinking about what it looks like to have these like almost almost too big mm -hmm. I don't want to say too big just much bigger than how I was thinking seven years ago mission statements one thing that I remember from my PR background oh. in my studies is that having a really big and almost broad mission statement gives your brand room to pivot and make different decisions yes. without abandoning what you originally stood for so Apple's example is really good apple has this like think differently idea mm. apple didn't come out and say we're gonna be in the business of making the best personal computer in the world think differently it's like they could make anything and so it puts them in this position where they saw the opportunity in portable media and phones kind of not not before everyone else because there was already phones and mp3 players but they thought about it differently they approached it differently and now we all carry around the exact same iphone now none of us are thinking differently yeah. we're all thinking the same no, we're all thinking really, iphone that's a really good example i also like that it's a directive mm -hmm. it's not we do this i think a lot of mission statements have like we do blank they're just like, here's what you will do. Think differently. Think, like, we do this. Mm -hmm. You should do this. Like, it's a directive. I think that's a, a good... directive is fun. There's mm -hmm. also, I was talking to a founder the other day who is building an app for women and wants to make women more confident investing. And so we're looking at her roadmap and looking at some of the comps. And she's like, 
I don't know, like I want to, I'm almost envisioning like a game of life thing and bringing in debt and bringing in yeah. all these different things. And she's like, but then she feels like it's a little bit of scope creep because, well, we're really supposed to be about investing, but all these other things are now coming in and think losing that focus. And I just asked her, well, is it really about investing specifically or is it, is your mission really about helping women build wealth? Because if it's about building wealth mm. and, and power through money basically then none of this stuff is off the table this is all perfectly in alignment with what you're trying to do but are you saying that your friend was worried that her mission statement was going to be too broad and you were like no actually it should be broader it was more so that i think her mission statement was constraining her vision for what she was building got it she was making it too small i think so yeah like it's it's about investing i think that's what i've done when i first wrote after that coach mission statement it just it felt like a little bit too small one of the people that i think has this like broad mission statement is cody sanchez mm -hmm. like when i see her brand so cody has this brand that teaches people how to buy small businesses and she has this like large email list of 400k people and millions of subscribers who who follow her and the actual business teaches you how to acquire other businesses but the mission statement is not about buying small businesses at all the mission statement is like we build contrarian thinkers because mm -hmm. there's like multiple parts of this too right like they yeah. really they have like layers there's layers. There's like contrarian thinkers. Also, like they make people fluent in the language of money. And they also have this like slogan. This is more of like a slogan than a mission statement. Although I think the think differently example is a great example from Apple of like your mission statement could be the slogan. And for Cody Sanchez's business, they have like a civilize the mind, make savage the body, build the bank account broad thing, which civilize the mind, make savage the body, build the bank account is still not about buying businesses. It's not about buying small businesses. Right. No. It, it gives you so much room to grow. And I love, I actually love their approach. I find it really inspiring because I feel like immediately you get an understanding of what they are about and you can filter any choice through that framework. Yeah. And go, does this further that goal or not? Yeah, and I think that's distinctly different from your business strategy being really broad. Because I think mm. at the beginning, the riches are in the niches. You want to be specific. You want to carve out a specific thing. You want to carve out a specific customer. When Facebook launched, they didn't launch to everybody. They launched to not even just college students, but Harvard students only, mm -hmm. right? When Amazon launched, it was just for books. So you still want to like start your strategy small because it's easier to like go after a specific customer. But that doesn't mean that your mission statement has to be small that's a really good distinction that is a really good distinction i i wonder too i mean <laughs> do you feel like yours was originally a little crazy at the time like you're looking 100%. back on it and you're being like it's too small but at the time i bet you didn't feel small no at the time people thought like now no code is cool but at the time people thought it was so wild and crazy and terrible for me to be building apps without coding if you go look at my ted talk that i did in 2015 just people are outraged really the, they're so angry at this concept i mean think about the experience of being a developer yeah you spent years and years learning to code and now someone is saying that you don't need to do this at all. Like, that's a little enraging. And also, think about you spent $50,000, like, hiring someone traditionally to build the app for you, and now someone's telling you you can use, like, a $29 a month software to do it. Like, it's just, it really threw people off. You got and people triggered. It took, I got people triggered, and it took a long time for this to catch on as a thing that, like, people now think is a normal thing to do. So, yes, I definitely think the concept of no code felt at the time big enough that like that was the big thing we were doing but I actually think when I look underneath it and I see these other examples of what people are doing it's something even bigger than that that I want to reframe but I think that I when when you start a business people often think you're crazy mm. like even if what you're working on in the business itself is not a crazy idea like building apps without code like even just like friends and family sometimes are just kind of like what I don't understand like why are you not just working nine to five the nine to five the concept of of starting a business is even kind of crazy in and of itself and so you've already got got this pushback of like oh, okay well I don't want to like trigger people or do too much I think I experienced that yeah okay so you're saying that you almost would play down the mission or you would 
tamp it down a little bit because you already feel as though what you're doing in general is like, well, I don't want to take it too far now. I don't want to like I pu think, push the envelope too much. I think I subconsciously did that. I certainly was not aware of that, but I already was being pushy. So like, we don't need this bigger mission statement. I now realize the need for it, but I actually can even see now, like now that I'm having this conversation of expanding it, I still feel this pressure of like, I don't want to go too big or too woo. -woo. I had like, we've been doing family Zoom calls with my family. And so every Sunday we do a Zoom call and we went around a couple of weeks ago and just sort of shared how things were going. And I think I developed in your life and I developed a little bit of an extra sensitivity about being too like woo woo and expansive because like as they I was they were asking me like what's going on in your life and I was kind of like oh well I feel like I'm really sort of like working on my self-actualization I'm kind of in this particular spot and like I'm thinking about the quantum realm and like <laughs> 3d versus the quantum and that's how I think about my life this way in these like bigger ways that sound real woo woo to people and I think my family and was like Right. Next topic. They just went on to the next thing. I just, they were is like. This, when you're saying family, you're talking about your parents? Or is there more yeah, people like involved? Yeah, like my mom, my aunt, my cousin, my grandma are oh, on this call. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. You know what's funny, though, about this is that this is kind of a classic thing, I think, with parents and family. <laughs> and my dad listens to this show. So, hey, dad. <laughs> but I, I do feel like when I get around my, you think you're healed and you think you're evolved. And then you spend a lot of time with your parents Ooh. and your family. And then you're like, I'm 14 again. It's a real quick, puts you <laughs> right back in that spot of kind of, I regress a little bit, I think. Yeah, and so that's a good testing ground for if you think, actually, I'm going to take this a step further. It's not just if if you think you have done all this work and you know you're you've made all this progress and you're so evolved it's not just that getting that in front of family members as a testing ground but also if you think your idea is amazing and you want to like you think that you've just got something that's so killer it's like go try to explain it to grandma and if grandma doesn't get it then like that's the level of simplicity where it needs to resonate like on a human I don't level. know because I feel like I try this with my family all the time and I my mom's like I still can't explain what you do and like I build apps for people and she that's like that's she the super simple like I show people apps? how to build apps I think she just like it feels I think sometimes when people tell you stuff that sort of feel kind of like out of the scope you almost forget what they said mm. in detail I think in this call I was talking about these expansive things about how I was feeling and probably using vocabulary that I use with my friends. It just didn't really land for my family. They just yeah. kind of moved on to the next topic. And I think it re-triggered for me like, oh, sometimes people are not like not going to get it. And I think the mission statement is particularly interesting because it's maybe not necessarily always for everybody or for people who are going to get that's it. It keeps you centered and you grounded. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's OK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do think it's hard, though, because on one hand, you have uh, you have mission statements that are so big that it's kind of like, what the hell are we doing here? Which, like, <laughs> I would point to a WeWork. Yeah. Which, like, that was a shit show. Yeah. OK, so WeWork has do you know what their mission statement was? Because they changed it. All I remember is elevate the world's consciousness. And yes. I was like, we're doing a lot. I think that might have been the whole thing. So this is a great example of like big thinking like this elevated the world's consciousness sounds as woo woo is like what I was saying to my family about like self actualizing <laughs> myself. I actually think elevate the world's consciousness is not a crazy. Tara's like, state. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Like the world needs far more self-awareness about themselves and to really like understand who they are and to push themselves in that direction. And like, mm. I don't know necessarily that we work does that, but like if that's what was driving the founder, like I don't feel that pushed off about it, but like the we work story is really, really interesting for that reason. Well, okay. So I, believe that we work actually failed because they were not acting in accordance with that and so maybe mm. it wasn't so much the mission statement itself but it's that they were consistently making choices that were not really lining up with that idea so like adam yeah. newman's upbringing i think he lived on a kibbutz and it was like very communal like a commune yeah yes very communal very like think everyone on the same level it, there's no mm. hierarchy it's like everyone community looking out for one another but then at the same time he had all these issues so okay i think we can break down to what the kind of what went wrong 
Yeah. A bit. Okay. I'm actually going to think about this because I'm I'm recounting what happened with WeWork, and I'm thinking were they out of alignment or were they not? So what happened with WeWork is like they had issues with the business because they were signing these long leases. Yes, they right? signed the 15 year lease. There were 15 year leases, but the there was a mismatch in the business model because they would lease a building for 15 years, but individually they're selling seats for a short term. Like you can just have it for a month or a year rental inside of the business. So like when the market's booming, it's okay to keep going these getting these long-term yeah. leases but when there starts to be churn in an economic downturn the company's left with like you've got this huge Super space high costs and not yeah. everybody renting it right yeah on top of that they're just like we're spending like and crazy. that's the part that i think was out of alignment so if you're talking about elevating the world's consciousness and this very community-minded focus but then you are also you have a leadership style that's all about extravagance, you know, really lavish retreats. Everything's expensive. Mm. You have a you know, you're always in private jets like he had a lot of conflicts of interest who were like he, I think, owned some of the real estate. And so there was when I read the book about yeah. this, it was like the investors were a little bit like, hold on, wait a second. You you own the real estate, but also you're signing deals for it. Like that's that's not good. Like you're personally benefiting from this yeah. outside of like the company and it's like you now are incentivized as the owner to drive up the price that now we as the investors are funding this is a little tricky for me though because i think some of the things that he was doing and overspending on were not not elevating the world's consciousness one like elevation of consciousness is joy excitement and being regularly in that state like that's a high elevation of like who you are and if you want to have retreats and parties and like celebrate life I don't know that that necessarily is out of alignment with that. If you want to use that money, they started in elementary school to like rethink how we do education. The we grow. We grow started, right? Like, I don't know that that's out of alignment with elevating the world's consciousness by starting with young people. I, I don't know that that's, that's a bad way to do it. I think it's the stuff specific to what benefited him and him alone. So not, yeah. not a retreat for everyone, yeah. but uh, Adam Newman gets a $20 million house. That who's that? That's elevating your lifestyle, Adam Newman. But it's not really doing much for the world's consciousness. Yeah, but like, are you as a founder then fully responsible for only ever doing like what's in your mission statement and like can't do something that benefits you? Like that's the thing I kind of, of course get. Not. Like, but I think it's where the business was struggling. Yeah, and he was not acting in a way that was stewarding the company well. Yeah, I think that's right. I think what ended up happening with WeWork was they were getting ready to go public. Mm -hmm. And when you get ready to go public, you have to file all this paperwork. There's like yeah. an S1 filing that you have to do. And so as that filing was coming out, it was becoming really clear that like the company had huge losses. They were buying these buildings and the math wasn't really matching up to what they were getting rented. Also, the potential conflicts of interest where like Adam owned some of the buildings. Mm -hmm. So now this is flowing. And in general, that's not a bad thing. It's only a bad thing when you have investors and other people. That's a practice that if you own 100% of the business, is totally normal. But when yeah. you have investors, right. it becomes that's a problem. That's a good distinction. Right. Yeah. And, and there's kind of confusing corporate structure. And so the public, when you go public, the business goes public, is supposed to scrutinize mm -hmm. what you're doing. So they're, the And what it's start, worth. And the public starts scrutinizing it. And, like, the, it becomes clear that, like, the, the, the IPO is not going to work out and they force Adam Newman out. Like, that's what kind of was the downfall of WeWork. But I think it's interesting to sort of think about was WeWork scenario a hot mess because mm. of the mission statement or was it totally just irrespective of the mission statement? I, I don't know. I know. I think that's fair. I actually don't think it was the mission statement itself. I mean, maybe the mission statement signaled some very lofty thinking and like detachment from the reality of like, well, if you're a business, you have to make money. Like there has to be profit. Yeah, right? yeah. That's kind of, especially if you're going to take billions of dollars from yeah. investors. Like the point is that you're growing and making money. But I think I love you. You always, I feel like, want to be like, okay, so this person is super problematic and terrible, but what can we learn? You're like, let's find the silver yeah. lining. What's the nugget? What can we pull out of it? And I do think that as much of a, I think Adam Newman is like a little bit of a, like on that line of like renegade and like clown boy. And so I'm like, <laughs> he's walking that line, but I'll give it, I'll give that. I will concede that the mission statement itself, I remember yeah. the first time I heard it when WeWork was still on the upswing and I was like, damn, that's really cool. 
Like, that's inspiring. Like, I'm into that. I think that's cool. I'm like, I get it immediately. Like, oh, wow. Like, what an interesting. So I think it's going to resonate with some and not with others. Yeah. I think sometimes to do big things and have big mission statements, you're going to sound like a clown boy. And maybe yeah. that's just part, maybe that's OK. Like part of part of, be, you know, trailblazing and entrepreneurship is being a clown boy for a while or people perceiving you as being a clown, yeah. clown girl, whatever it is yeah, yeah, for yeah. a while. I, so you always can be clowning. Always. Be, you can have you can have a small or big mission statement for a company. And that's really what we've been thinking about. Would you ever have a mission statement for your family? Uh, I feel like we kind of have one. Do but you? it's like it kind of happened on accident. Have you forced <sighs> family to make a mission on, statement? No, it was the opposite. Okay, so our mission statement within our family is living things come first. And where this came from is that I have a tendency to get really sucked into work or to get sucked into like, oh, the house isn't Ooh. clean. I got to go do this. And my husband will be like, did did you walk the dog like have you eaten like whatever like oh I'll I'll get to that later and he'll go living things come first and it's such a silly example but I do think that it highlights how these things can become a decision-making shortcut and can cut down the on the decision fatigue because if I'm looking at the to-do list I'm like I gotta walk the dog I gotta eat lunch I gotta do all these things Uh, okay well if living things come first then I'm gonna prioritize those things so we have like a jokey mission statement living things like things that are living or things that are like required for living like your dog and your partner are living things needs of living things the needs of living things come first that feels like Half a mission statement and half a tactic to yank an entrepreneur back from being sucked into Out of the, the, the inbox. Into the inbox and the weeds. It's so easy as an entrepreneur to just get like sucked in. And oftentimes our partners have to be like, get your butt out. Like, please get back to the mm-hmm. real world. So he's, that's- he's really good at that. He'll be like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to happen right now. You know, it's, that's good. things are going to gonna keep moving even if uh, even if you don't answer that email right away. Yeah. Yeah. That's good perspective. I saw this video on TikTok where this woman is like she's standing on her bed and she's like writing above the bed a family mission statement. Would you take it that far? Not with ours. Living things come first. Yeah, like living right now like, on, on the house. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think I'd be like put live, laugh, loving it on my wall. Oh, the, yeah, like one of the, the cheap. So I, I do my, love a little live, laugh, love. Though. It, it kind of looks like that. Like it's in the cursive. And Girl like boss gatekeep gaslight or whatever. The- what is that? Girl boss? Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Have you ever heard that one? No, it's like a slogan to that's have in your like, office. That's like, <laughs> it's like the, the girl boss live, laugh, love. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. My mom has like a bunch gaslight of signs. Gaslight like, gatekeep girl boss. My mom has a bunch of like boss signs in her office so like that's kind of like the concept right like to have those little like slogans oh, those man. are examples of writing the slogan on the wall there's also this episode of sister wise have you ever watched that show regrettably you don't like it not a not really a big sister wives girly <laughs> it's a wild more about show. a single I'm, I'm into the real housewives oh. wives, not so much okay sister wives is about this like polygamous family there's like one husband and i'm four wives five wives Anyway, there's an episode where they are one of the parents thinks they should force the family to like sign a agreement of the mission statement. And some of the other parents are like, no, we we should not do that. We have to like force our kids to like sign and agree to a mission statement. I feel like that's the type of thing my dad. I was just going to say, I was like, there's no way you didn't have to do that. Uh, no, I signed other like contracts as a kid, like, but I drafted them. It was like, I'm going to do the laundry and here's the amount that you're going to pay me. And like, we agreed to it. I signed those and invoices to get paid. Doing deals. It wasn't like I signed a contract for like, this is, I agree. This is the mission statement of the family, but I would not put that past my dad. Like that's really Trevor wheelhouse right there. His name's Trevor. Trevor. Oh, Trevor. We'll be right back to the conversation after a quick break. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, back to the show. 
my husband Thomas one uh, New Year's I was making all these resolutions and he was involved in some of them like it's like we're gonna do like one thing a week where we're gonna go out together and blah 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 and so I like write all this up and then I added a signature line at the bottom for him <laughs> he's an attorney so he signs it and then underneath it he writes I agree to nothing and I was like well that completely defeats the purpose of oh the my gosh so I'm like he does not take that signature lightly so you have done this you've tried pretty much this is close Katie. i got shot down i know i guess i'm not that you far were away. laughing i'm like no i wouldn't do that actually no there was this one time <laughs> but no, i mean i feel good i feel good about my mission statement at least within the money with katie realm now that i've spent some time honing it because i think in reflecting upon what uh, what we were really trying to do and the mission, and honestly, through the process of writing the book, it became a little mm. bit clearer. So right now, and I want to add to it, right now it's Money with Katie exists to close the wealth gap. That's big. It's a big ass statement. Close Great. the wealth gap. It's like, oh my god, there's that's a lot. Uh, a lot is uh, encompassed in that statement. There's a lot of different mm. ways to do that too. So like recently, for example, we were debating whether we should put a community job board in our newsletter and we okay. were like oh should we or should we not do this thing and it's going to take some time right it's going to be a bit of a lift to build up the infrastructure and to start collecting jobs and yeah. to show people in our community but it's if we want people to earn more money and if we want to facilitate that what better way than by serving up jobs mm. to them with transparent compensation and benefits right so easy checkpoint to go is this going to move us closer to that goal Yay or nay. Decision-making shortcut. I think your mission statement is already pretty big, but if you had to make it bigger in the in the spirit of this conversation about oh, pushing man. ourselves to make our missions bigger, what? how would you make it bigger? I think it would have to be something around creating. I've kind of been playing with this, like creating more curious thinkers. I feel like that's what I want the show specifically to do, which is that when people think about money, they are a little bit more curious about the world around them and how the the systems they're in influence the way they think, how the cultures they're in, how their their uh, family and friends influence the way they think about these things. So getting a little more curious, but that doesn't quite have the same ring to it as like elevating consciousness or um, yeah. what is the, what is the contrarian thinking one? Building contrarian thinkers. Like there's yeah, a conciseness thinkers. of that that I love. And I'm yeah. like, what is the equivalent for us? But I think, uh, I think this is pretty big, but I think it's more, I'll say concrete. Like that's, that's a little bit more, oh, okay. Got it. Like, was, there, was there ever a smaller version of your mission statement? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Interesting. It kind of just used to be like, help women learn about money, which. Yeah, I feel okay. like that's where mine is in the energy of. Like, <laughs> okay, that's cool. But like, it doesn't really, feels a little flat to mm -hmm. me. And I think there was a bit of imposter syndrome in there. Um, and there's this other founder. I think her platform is called Girls That Invest, Girls Who Invest. I'd have to fact check this. Yeah. But her name is Simran Carr. And I saw her say this once that she says, I used to tell people I ran an Instagram account. Now I tell people I run a company. I realized I was downplaying my own business to myself, but I started treating it totally differently once I started calling it a company. And I was like, mm. I kind of had that same principle where – there's a little bit of a downplaying, downsizing, like, oh, no, it's just it's just an Instagram or it's just a blog. I used to say that all the time. Oh, I'm just a blogger. It's just a blog. But there's something about acknowledging it as like, no, it's a media company. Ooh. That's what it is. And so how do we lean into that and start thinking a little bit bigger than like, it's a blog. It's that, an Instagram. That sounds much bigger. That blog, sounds. The media yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Back a wow wow. <laughs> has a ring to it. It really does. Yeah. I think that if I were to make my mission statement bigger. Yeah. Because I definitely think it has imposter syndrome right now. And I don't want it to feel too woo-woo. But I, if I think about, like, what me and my company are really about, it feels like about expanding people's mindsets around getting stuck. 
right? A lot of times people, which like at the undercurrent of it all, like a lot of times people come to us and they're like, I've already spent a bunch of money and mm. I couldn't get this to work. Or I've had this idea for years and I just haven't been able to get away to get it going. And so I think this concept of for me, like building apps without code was, and not the company, but like my own apps without coding was such a way to like make sure I didn't get stuck. It was more about like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna catch me stuck was the energy. And I think that energy really is about the energy of the, is the business, is energy. And so like kind of, I don't want to say my, my mission statement to be negative, like don't get stuck. I like the like directive kind of thing. The be it needs unstuckable? To be, be, well, unstuckable is not like a real uncrustable. word. <laughs> unstuckable is not a word. I'm making it up. Maybe I can just make up a word and own it. But get like unstuck. Yeah. Or like even something about like building confidence through entrepreneurship because it's such this way of like personal growth. And I'm just worried that if I make it about like, being unstuckable, about confidence, about like elevating yourself, that it's going to sound too woo woo, like elevating the world's consciousness. I actually, now that you describe it, I think you're really on to something, too, with when you say, that's what I was about, that's what I wanted, that's what I was doing, and so that's what I made this. It's, yeah. it's, it's so true, because you alluded to the fact that at the time when you did the TED Talk that people were really kind of triggered by it. Yes. That it was, well, you know, we've all been told for the last 10 years that we need to know how to code. Yeah. And now you're telling me I don't need this skill that's really hard to learn and kind of expensive to pick up if I'm going to become a computer yeah. science major. And But I, I think what I love about what you did, and I think this still is very, very true to you, is it's almost a no excuses mindset, the zig instead of zag. Like, I was thinking about you the other day because I was having a bit of a rough week. Yeah. And I had a lot. It just felt like I had I had gotten myself in a position where I was very busy and bogged down and yeah. kind of having that pity party and making excuses. And I swear I like heard your voice in my head being like, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, what are you going to do about it? You're not going to feel sorry for yourself, are you? I know you're not about to go feel sorry for yourself over this. What like, we're not going to do is be stuck. What we're not going to do is be stuck. And, like, you had not articulated this to me before, but it's very – it comes through very clearly with you. And yeah. it was an inspirational and kind of, like, empowered moment where I had to pick myself back up and go, no – I got myself into this situation. Let's take a step back. We're going to regain control mm. and we're going to do something differently. We're going to go around the roadblock. We're not just going to sit here and be like, well, which is the equivalent of like, well, I don't know how to code. So I can't be an entrepreneur. I can't make an app because I don't know how to code. You're yep. like, oh, well, actually, here, here you go. Yes, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. This is really interesting as we're workshopping each other and helping each other. I appreciate mm -hmm. this help, by the way. Oh, this good. is like me real time getting help and feedback on this. I would love to try this activity with folks who are watching and listening. I know on YouTube we can see everybody's comments. So if you already have a business or if you would love to have a business. Mm. I'm curious to hear from folks who can write it in the comments, like what might a big mission statement be for you? And it may not have anything to do with the actual practices of the business you wanna start or the actual practices of the business you already have, but just like what could a big mission statement be? And you can we can read each other's and get ideas, but I'm curious to see kind of how people are thinking about this too as I'm workshopping it myself. I love it. Should we do it for other brands <laughs> okay yes let's look about other brands okay so like for example we can like play a little game with this we can redo the mission statement of like i don't know something random like colgate toothpaste oh okay and, what could and their like, mission statement be and like make it big make it big like what what could it what could their mission i don't even like know what it is but like what could their mission statement be I feel like a fun one for, because people hate the dentist. It would be really fun if their mission statement was like to put dentists out of business, like to be so good mm. and to develop products that are so amazing that people don't even need to go see a professional anymore yeah. or that you need to see a professional less, we'll say. I think particularly, too, in like a, at least in American culture, like having good teeth is a yeah. like point of confidence and like really boosts people's confidence. And I think something like really big about like boosting confidence, even like not just with smile, like you know, leave that off, but just like huge, like inspiring I like huge that, confidence. The confidence piece. Yeah, you're right. That's even bigger than mine because mine was still in the like oral hygiene realm. You're like, no, no, no. This is actually a product that's about confidence. Yeah, because you know what you don't feel when you got bad breath? confident you know what i've been feeling like i got pesto in my teeth for the last 30 minutes i can't stop thinking about it 
I actually need me some Colgate if I'm being honest. I definitely saw you going in on the sandwich, so. Oh, dude. Yeah, not not a good idea before you record something. Okay, what about, like, Best Buy? (sighs) Best Buy Mission. They still exist. Yeah, they do. Best Buy Mission Statement. It's like <laughs> like the most fun place for your dad on a Saturday morning. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Inspiring I, dad fun literally everywhere. My, I can like smell that store if I close my eyes and think about it. I remember going there with my dad so much as a kid. I'm like there is such a weird like core memory of walking around in Best Buy as a kid with my dad. I don't yeah. know what do you think. What about like um expanding brains and imaginations? That's good. Dude, you're good at this. You are, like, really good at this. I asked ChatGPT for some ideas. Okay, well, then you do OpenAI's mission statement. <laughs> ChatGPT mission statement. That's meta. You asked ChatGPT to do its own mission statement. Working everybody out of a job. <laughs> oh, that's dystopian. That might be what's happening. Though. I hate that timeline. <laughs> I hate that timeline. If us. you guys can think of good mission statements for, like, Colgate, OpenAI, Best Buy, Please type them into the comments. We can play around with these and like, what would we make them really big as? Do you want to know what Best Buy's actual mission statement is? Yeah. What is it? Enriching lives through technology. Yeah, that's a little corporate. It's a little corporate. It's a little corporate. I don't hate it though. Colgate is actually reimagining a healthy future for people, their pets, and their planet. Huh? Do they make pet products? Probably. I did not know this. Um, It feels like, you know what it feels like? It feels like someone was like, you know what we should do? We should do a brand expansion into pets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let's go to the mission statement and tack that on. Like just add, just, just, you know, add it in there. 100%. That is exactly what happened. I don't know. McKenzie's responsible for that one. That that got, was at the end of a deck. Smells like McKenzie shenanigans is what it says. (laughs) Like, I don't know what open AI is actually is. We can look it up, but ask chat GPT. We can, it will immediately know. It will immediately know. I use chat GPT to write my own personal mission statement. I've been working on personal mission statements. We've been talking about company mission Wait, statements, family mission statements. Did you really? Yes. I did the same thing for this episode. You have a personal mission statement. <laughs> yes, that I use chat GPT to help me write. Tell me about it. Okay, 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 okay. So lately, I have been thinking about how I want to spend more time in an uncomfortably stretched space. Mm. So by that, I mean, if I feel totally comfortable and totally competent every day, all day long, something is wrong. Because it means that I'm not stretching it. I'm not at the edge of that capacity. I'm like comfortably just kind of in in the comfort zone. Okay. Comfortably in the comfort zone. Yeah. So I keep catching myself in these moments in this season of life where we're doing this show. I'm writing the book. I'm still doing money with Katie. Money with Katie is growing. And how are we going to manage that? And whatever. Where I'm making mistakes and I'm putting my foot in my mouth. And I'm having moments where I feel really uncertain and kind of embarrassed Mm. and a little bit uncomfortable and floundering a little bit and having to be like, good, you should not feel 100% all the time about everything that you're doing. You should be having these moments where you do not feel like you're on top of it. So I plugged that into ChatGPT. I brain dumped into ChatGPT and said, I'm writing a personal mission statement. This is how I'm feeling, blah, 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 blah. Journal dump into ChatGPT. And I said, will you help me write a mission statement that encapsulates this and here's what it gave me oh my gosh okay and so when you say putting us out of jobs i'm like shit uh it says my mission is to seek continuous growth by intentionally stepping into discomfort embracing mistakes and challenging myself to expand beyond my comfort zone Mm. i believe true learning and self-improvement happens when i navigate the uncharted territories of my abilities and make mistakes i'm committed to cultivating resilience adaptability and open-mindedness as i recognize that it's in these moments that i thrive and evolve i was like damn that's okay. good it feels a little long i would then reply back been- <laughs> to chat gpt and be like this is great it feels a little bit long i'm looking for a hard-hitting phrase like think differently can you give me 12 ideas that is perfect. I love that you go, this is great. You're giving it the positive feedback. There's a TikTok where this girl's like, when you're a millennial and you're really nice to chat GBT, like just in case. I think- <laughs> and it shows her being like, 
hey, love what you did there. It would, I would like really appreciate it if you did that. Thank you so much. AI definitely <laughs> behaves a lot better and is like most productive right? when you're really nice to it. It's a so, scary. Yeah, a little okay, scary. good. And if you don't know what we're talking about, by the way, you can like try workshopping your own mission statement. It's chat.openai.com or open.ai. Chat. Oh open my gosh, AI. I don't even know. It's actually kind of hard to find. It's I, not like chatgpt.com. You have to go to open it. Just if you Google open AI chat GPT, make an account. It's perfect. free. You can like make a free account. Yeah. Sign so up with your Gmail. What is what is yours? How have you workshopped this so far? Because I, I assume you're also using the uh, the chat GPT shortcut. Or as I am. Okay, so definitely I have a conversation back and forth with yeah, chat GPT you're good to get at that. this. Like it's not going to just give me the answer and know my soul overnight. So like, yeah. it's back and forth. So mine, I used a little bit of WeWork language. You're going to make fun of me. Can't wait. My mission is to elevate the world's confidence, creatively influencing everyone to embrace their uniqueness while continually challenging themselves to grow. Love. Tell me more. So the elevate the world's confidence, I actually really like going back to WeWork, the elevate the world's consciousness. I just Mm -hmm. think it sounds too woo-woo for most people. So if I think about the different elements of what does it actually tactically mean to elevate your consciousness, well, there's different levels to it, which is why it's hard to talk about. But one of them is just stepping into your confidence, right? And really owning who you are. One of them is being self-aware of yourself and you kind of have to be self-aware first in order to really own who you are. And so all of that kind of comes down to one of the the pivotal steps of that is around confidence. And for me, if I look at the threads across the things that excite me and the kind of work that I want to do, it's about developing my own confidence and helping other people develop their confidence. So that's kind of the center corner piece. It also has like creatively influencing um, because I think that that's one of my superpowers and that I don't always lean into. Um, So I intentionally worked on that wording of like creatively influencing to give myself space to be inspired by that. Um, And really about like embracing uniqueness and like your weirdness and I think that like I've I've learned a little bit how to do that and I'm still learning how to do that and the little bit that I have learned thus far I want to share with the world my friend says everyone has a freshman class there's always people who are sort of who earlier stages you and want to learn from you and that's my mission statement so the core value I also use ChatGPT to help me come up with core values inside of that Okay. Yeah. So I think sometimes we get core values and mission statement confused. To be honest, I don't even fully know the separate. Yeah, this is a semantic nightmare. Yeah. In that sense. I don't really care. That's not that important to me. I don't want it like, no, I'm not going to get stuck mm-hmm. on that. <laughs> um, but I think that like individual expression Excellent. is a big thing for me. Um, continuous growth is a big thing for me. This, this phrase of like, be an artist is a good reminder of myself to kind of approach something in a certain way, like use my creative brain and merge it with my business talents, aesthetic inspiration, like do things that inspire me. And generally I'm inspired by aesthetic visual things. And so keep that in my life. And I sort of have these core values that I think really influence like how I operate. They were already my core values. I didn't make them up anew. There was, it was just about uncovering and talking to ChatGPT to uncover what was already there. I like using it as a thought partner and like having yeah. it there to bounce ideas off of. There's also a piece of this with the confidence where it occurs to me that some of these things feel almost like you could take them a step further. And I don't know if that'd be the next evolution, but to me, there's almost it's not just about confidence for the sake of confidence. It feels like there's something on the other end of that, of what kind of world do you live in when everyone is unapologetically themselves and is confident and how much more vibrant does the world around you become? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that's what I, I think about. And I'm still exploring this, but but a hundred percent. I think that's right. I think that when you look at these mission statements of other companies and as we're thinking about expanding mm-hmm. ours, there's this interesting line because some of them sound like they could easily be like cult leader statements like I think one of my insecurities about having a big one was like it sounds like I'm about to be like some weird cult leader like I don't want it to sound like that do you do you see that kind of or am I just making this up (laughs) no 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 no. I actually think that there's quite a bit of overlap and it's something that I struggle with a little bit because I think part of what makes you a really motivational leader is also a little bit manipulative 
it can be taken in a very manipulative direction. A little culty. It's a little culty. Because cult. cult, cults, I mean, there's this there's this creator, Amanda Montel, who's written a book called Cultish and has this podcast called Sounds Like a Cult. And she talks about all these different cultural movements from from like Soul Cycle to to WeWork to the show Survivor. Yeah. And businesses too of like, is this a cult? Like the and and cults have certain uh tendencies and characteristics, but I think that cults have a very negative connotation, mm. right? But like there's not Soul Cycle is a little culty. I wouldn't say that's a negative. It's not a bad thing. Like if you it, it, it's yeah. a positive influence in your life, then great. Ultimately, positive. ultimately, I think all startups are kind of just like mini cults. If you take away the negative connotation with it, like your team, that they have this leader that they're really following. Like, I think if you remove and like the... language and like insider things where once you're yeah. in, it's like you're talking about things differently. You have certain words for things that are like very specific to your that like outsiders wouldn't understand. Think about any corporate acronyms. Right. And like you're right Precisely. there in it. Yeah. And yeah. also, I think the things that make you a great leader are really side by side of great business leader and great cult leader, like being very charismatic and getting everybody to like be, you know, thinking about like what you're thinking about and be on the same step page as your mission statement. Those are a little like same things that you need to be a cult leader. Steve Jobs, like we were talking about, is like a really good example of this. Like a lot of his tendencies are a little cult leader, like everybody's kind of like wanting to please the leader. Yeah. That's not a bad thing to have your teammates wanting to please you. And, you know, we give Apple just has like a lot of great PR, right? Mm -hmm. So we talk about them really well, but they've also been accused of doing some like really wild stuff of like having offshore oh, yeah. accounts and child Terrible labor things. that puts it into like the, you know, kind of, I don't know, seedy area. Have you seen Don't Look Up on Netflix? Don't Look Up. Yes. Oh, wait. Don't look up is so good. You saw it. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this dystopian movie on Netflix. It's like really star studded. Meryl Streep, my girl Meryl. My girl. Is it? <laughs> my girl Meryl is in there. But like I it is an interesting depiction because there's a Steve Jobs inspired character oh, in there. Is that but what it's supposed to be. I think so. It oh. still feels very clear to me, but it's kind of like the dark side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, I, it's been a while. Can yeah. You, can you give us this like a 10 second synopsis of what happens? Essentially, there's they this the scientists discover that there's like a meteor or a comet, a comet coming to hit yeah. Earth and it's about to hit Earth and them scrambling. I won't spoil it, but it's about them sort of scrambling to get the world and get politics like the president to be on board with planning. Is it for also this. like a Donald Trump character? Hunt Meryl Streep. Is rocks it. Yeah, you know she was inspired by was by the big sure. DT for this character. I just made that up. I don't regularly call him DT. I promise. Like, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> the official bossy stance is not that he has a favorable nickname, <laughs> DT. I don't know. And then so so. Anyway, Steve Jobs and characters like this, yeah. Donald Trump too, like got a little like culty leadership, and it's kind of like this parallel. I think. Uh, another thing that really makes you a good leader that's kind of on that line where it could be good cult leader, or good business leader is it's us versus them mentality. Oh, and that is that's double edged sword because yeah. you can use these things for good. You can use them for good, but they are also so dangerous if wielded for bad. Like yeah. Jim Jones. That's a well, we all know how that ended. I don't know what you're talking about. Like the people's temple. Or the it's it was like a very famous cult to, oh. where the drinking the Kool Aid idea mm. comes from. Did where everybody like kill themselves. It's one mm -hmm. of those stories. Yeah, like it could go wrong for sure. I also think though that if I think about mobilizing my team around mission statements, like I actually think the like us versus them energy is useful. The like coders versus us. Like the way oh, that we do yeah. it. Like I actually think that would like mobilize a lot of my team to be like, yeah, like we're not going to do it that way. Like we're doing it this way. We're helping people who have not been able to do it this way and like kind of rallying around that. Like the strategic enemy. Yeah, having the strategic enemy, that's not a bad thing. And I think your mission statement, right, does that. Like to be excited about elevating the world's consciousness kind of means that like that's what we do. And what they do is shenanigans or like other things that aren't really good to elevate the world's consciousness. But what we do is this like that it has this us versus them yeah. effect when you have a strong mission statement that's not a bad thing. It definitely feels implicit too, because I feel like the money with Katie strategic enemy would be like finance bros. 
great. And like kind of the guy, like a guy that's going to mansplain something to you. And so yeah. I feel like th- we probably wouldn't be coming out and like making that a part of the public facing image. But you or, could. T- or speech necessarily. But at least that is how we it's like we are the antonym to that. I'd argue that it's already out there. Like I get that vibe from the brand in the best way possible. Oh, like the fact that we have a mug that says, why do men? <laughs> yeah. So like you're kind of already doing it. That's not a bad. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I. Uh, it's like I also struggle with that because I see the value of us versus them. Yeah. But there's also something that I... <laughs> I had someone ask me once, like, but what do you want to stand for? Do you really want to stand for, like, divisiveness? Mm. And I was like, no, I don't. I don't want to stand for divisiveness. But there's a little bit of an overcorrection sometimes that I think has to happen to get things back on the right track. And so if you have a culture like finance where it is so predominantly male and so predominantly, I think the average financial advisor is, like, 58 years old white man yeah and so if that is the average you kind of have to be a little bit antagonistic or maybe a little bit in your face about it in the beginning just to give everyone else a chance to be like hey wait yeah me too like i can do that too Mm. i understand that too i don't need i don't need that guy you know what thinking about the divisiveness helped me think through another framing for my own mission statement. Because what I was thinking about was I was just thinking as you were talking about this, about the underdog wording that was in my initial, right? And helping underdogs break into tech and sort of the, how could I was like, how could I play and make this sort of like divisive in a way? And the sort of divisive way is like, yeah, like you use your playbook for how, you know, traditionally people break into tech and we're going to create our own playbook. And this sort of concept of like creating your own playbook, writing your own playbook kind of felt resonant to me too. So I'm going to go like workshop this with my team now. I love it. Well, then you'll have to come back and update us. Actually, on that note, so we are launching a newsletter, like a bossy newsletter. And the reason that we're launching it is because we've heard feedback that sometimes we go through these frameworks and all these different tools and resources quickly, like a chat GPT prompt that Tara likes or like like the leveling up frameworks and that it can be difficult to keep them all in one place. So we're going to start doing a newsletter that's going to really pack a big punch and basically aggregate them for you yeah. and and just break send, them all down send you the list break it down maybe fill in some some gaps that we don't get to on the show so if you would like that go ahead and subscribe and we will be launching that soon so get on the list for it take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card it offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. 